Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. You can call me at 203-333-9422. So this is the part of the show on Mondays uh, where... You know, I'm opening it up to you. If you don't want me to, if you don't have a question for me, no big deal. But if you do, um, I can, generally speaking, give you a quick answer about what it's like to be an executor. Uh, what are the, what are the steps that you have to go through to probate a will? What are the exceptions to probate? In other words, what estates might there be no probate at all? Um, what are the tools of estate planning that people use? What are healthcare proxies and living wills and powers of attorney? What are the various mechanisms that you can use to delegate authority to somebody else? Uh, if you have questions about all of these things, I know it off the top of my head and I'd be very happy to answer them. Uh, very often during the week, uh, I got a lot of so ask, you know, questions that were asked by people in emails and I realized I was helping people one at a time and decided that it would be better to do at Lisa on the law. So usually we have a lot of people lined up on Mondays, but it's a little bit doldrumy right now, so we can open it up to you. It's been a little bit quiet this week at 203-333-9422, but I'm happy to answer any questions. There's a laundry list on WICC600.com. Of including real estate questions and all these other kinds of things. There's a laundry list of the topics that I'm very comfortable answering. Damien from Milford. Go ahead, Damien. What, what's your question Lisa, for you today? Hi. You are the best. I tell you, everybody, I, my friends, they, they all know everything about Trump. And all I say is, listen to Lisa Wexler and you'll know everything about your state. I'm telling you, you're such a wealth of information. It's great. So my question is, yeah. yeah. This question, my mom is 88 years old and refuses to get a will. How much trouble am I going to be in when this comes to an end? I have to ask you some more questions and then I'm going to answer that, okay? Um, sure. Okay. 
if your mom doesn't have a will, she technically dies intestate, which means that her property will go to her next of kin. So is she married? Is your dad still alive? So, so she isn't. She is married, and he is in a full nursing home. He's ninety, and he's in the, in a nursing home being taken care of. And in New, they're in New York State. Okay. So, uh, she did nothing while he was in there, and Medicaid care was paying. And then uh, it came time to do stuff, and she just wouldn't do anything. So the the nursing home actually hired a firm to get him Medicaid to pay for him. So Medicaid's paying for him. And I don't know if you know, New York State has a, a great, it's a great phrase. It's called spousal refusal, mm-hmm. where the spouse refuses to, to provide any money towards that. And they just pick that up, which yeah. sounds dangerous to me. <laughs> no, no, it's actually fantastic because at least your parents didn't have to get divorced for your father to get aid. In Connecticut, we don't have spousal refusal and people have to get divorced. Otherwise, they both become impoverished, Damien. So it's actually right. a really so, good thing for your parents. It's really Well, healthy. but is it, is it a bad thing if my mom was to decease him? Does everything just go to him and then Medicaid would take that? So that the answer would be probably yes. Right. So yes, yes. I'm, I'm but that but that has nothing to do with spousal refusal or not. That would be the case in any state. If if a so here's what will happen. The answer is I shouldn't say yes. Here's the answer. The answer is that half will go to your father and then the other half is split among the children if she dies without a will. Let me just double check that's New York because that's certainly Connecticut. Hold on. New York intestacy. Give me a second. It's okay. I but here's the thing. No, in Connecticut, and this is typically what it is, is that in Connecticut, it's the first 100000 and then the 50%. But I think in New York, it's just the first half goes to the spouse, and then the rest will go among the kids. But the real question is, will anything go by means of probate? So my other question for you, Damien, is your mother's assets, are they titled in a way that they are jointly owned with somebody else? Well, she's putting me on accounts you know, financial accounts, but there's property and, you know. Well, I don't know. know. So if there, if there are accounts in which you are a joint tenant or you inherit by what they call transfer on death, a TOD account, then that bypasses probate. It bypasses a will and you get the money. Okay. Yeah. That's what she was informed. She called some college and got information from the thing. So that's true. But she's, so that's why she says she doesn't need a will. But what about the properties? Well, the, if she, is- she owns real estate. Okay, so real estate is much more complicated. If she doesn't do any proper planning for the real estate, that could be a, a little bit of a mess for you. But not terrible. You know, people die without a will all the time. But is the property held jointly with anybody like your dad? Yeah. Okay, yep. so if the property is held jointly with your father then it belongs to him by operation of law when she passes and you and the other children will not see the property. And then Medicaid, and this is according to the laws of Medicaid, then they'll do what they do in terms of taking the money that they're owed because it will belong right. to your father. Yes. And and you do go to probate for at some level for no matter you, what, right? You do, but it's weird. It's weird about going to probate. You technically are not going to probate to change the title of the real estate because title of the real estate happens at your mom's death immediately in your dad. However, 
However, you need what they call a release of tax lien. And the release of tax lien is issued by the surrogates court or the probate court, whatever they call it, surrogates court in New York. They call it probate court here. And so you do have to, at a minimum, file certain documents, but you don't have to open a full estate and you don't need to be named an executor. You just have to get a release of lien. And you get that by filing the proper tax forms, the tax returns. They insist that the tax returns be uh, filled out. And if it's, you know, under X amount, well, if it's all... If um, if your mom is on the tax return, that will disclose all the accounts that went to you, all everything. And if you're still under a significant amount of million dollars, there's no estate tax owed in New York, but you still have to fill out the estate tax return in New York. And when you do that, then you get your release of estate tax lien that is filed on the land records, and then you can sell the property. Right. Uh, so and now, and now there's a five-year look back. So no matter what she did now, even changing the house into my name doesn't count, right? You'd have to wait five years. That's right. There's the right. clawback. They could unravel it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But you don't know okay. how long your mother will live. She's only 88. She could live to 94. Oh, she's so healthy. It's fabulous, yeah. really. It's, it's, yeah, it then is you're lucky. Then you're lucky. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I feel bad for my stepdad, but. He had a great life too. At ninety, can't complain. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's great. If this is this will be on your podcast. <laughs> yes, so you can re-listen to it because I know a lot of it goes whoosh um, right over. I know. Gonna, I know, David. No, I'm going to read. I'm going to. I'm going to re-listen to it without her knowing. <laughs> with oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, it's good to have a will. The most important thing about doing a will, you know, is who you name as executor, because then at least you have somebody you trust that's doing all of this stuff. But if she really goes about and has all of her property titled in a way that goes to somebody else immediately at her death, then technically there's no estate to probate. Gotcha. Okay. But not the way it's sitting now. Well, the way it's sitting, I I don't, I don't know the way it's sitting now. You'd have to tell me. There's nothing. She's nothing in writing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. All right. So even her DNR, you know, I want the DNR. I wanted her to, you know, put her wishes down. So she doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, listen, maybe listen, Damien. Maybe she'll defy the laws of nature and she'll live forever. That would be nice. She's just right? old school, but yeah, I love I her. It. She's great. She's I get it. A lot of fun. That's wonderful. Okay. Man. All right. I'll let you move I on. Helped. Thanks for Take a great care. show. Bye. Sure. Sure. Uh, listen, we two zero three 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 nine four two two. We've got some lease in the law. Uh, we'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler show. Stay tuned. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And welcome back to Lisa on the Law. I want to just 
clarify something. Um, Damien from Milford called and he asked about what happens if a person dies without a will in New York. The law is slightly different than Connecticut, but more or less almost the same. If you die without a will in Connecticut and you only have a surviving spouse, the spouse gets everything. But if you die in New York and you die with a spouse and children, the spouse gets the first 50000 plus half of the remainder, the other half of the remainder to be divided equally among the children. In Connecticut, the surviving spouse gets the first one hundred. Uh, but only if, this is Connecticut's wrinkle, only if the surviving spouse is also the parent of the children. So if it is your classic um, step with children, in other words, second wife, first set of children, then the second wife splits the estate with all of the children. And then the children split their 50% among each other. But anyway, in New York, just wanted to clarify, the first 50 grand goes to the surviving spouse. The rest is split among the children. 203-333-9422. Elizabeth from Stanford. Hi, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. I, I wanted to call to thank you again and also give you an update on the, the information I procured when I made my call. Uh, just a, a review for people who perhaps didn't listen last week. I had called in to ask Lisa about two things. One was um, about a bill I had received from the Hearst Media Company. It was something about notice to creditors, and I thought it was a subscription. I was all confused, and Lisa knew right away what to do and what it was, that it was the probate notice. Fee, and she said, "Make call the probate clerk. Very easy to do. You made it sound like it was so easy where it had sounded so scary. And um, you assured me the woman was very nice. And so I did. I did call her. And the other piece was I had asked you about doing inventory, one of the things that is required of an executor, um, inventory of the estate. So this woman who is the probate clerk, Katie Catalano, could not be nicer could not be more friendly, more helpful. And one of the things I learned was, oh, and I should say, because you've said many times to people who've called in, um, some of these things are very simple. You really could do it by yourself, and you can get a lawyer, but you could also do it by yourself, which I had heard from some other people. And Katie clarified for me, thinking I was asking about that, which I wasn't, once you hire an attorney, and I guess they have they know about it somehow. I, I didn't ask you that part. How do you yeah, know? Yeah, I, I can explain once that. Once you hire in a minute. an attorney, yes, we always know you when have people to. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you then the attorney has to do all the filing. The probate court will only deal with the attorney. So you can't pick and choose. Oh, this form seems easy. I'll do that form. So I thought that was a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, and she, I mean, she was so um, easygoing and helpful. I, we, we talked for upwards of half an hour, I'm sure. Mm, and she said, call back if you have any questions. Oh, terrific. Um, the other thing she mentioned was probably some, it's probably something you've mentioned, which is ctprobate.gov mm-hmm. and slash user guide. Yes. Now, I didn't know there was a user guide, right? And so you can go online, but she knew from the conversation that I like dealing with hard copy. Mm -hmm. So she told me there's a booklet, and you can come by to pick it up. The booklet is all the information that's online. And I imagine all the towns 
uh, offices have this. You don't have we to do. come to Stanford. All the probate courts have no? them. Absolutely. We all no? have them. We have guide for executors, guide for conservators, guide for guardians. We have it all. Yep. In a little booklet. Very nice. No? Very handy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you again, because I would never have thought to call them as a resource. And, uh, you know, I learned the lawyer piece I didn't know and the booklet. Very, She had said a book. I thought, wow, it's going to be a big fat book. It's no, not. It's a very easy to read yeah. booklet. <laughs> and the other thing, I'm interested in hearing what you would like to say, but I did want to mention one other thing, which is when I first um when after my dad died and then I was in this position, I came across something I had filed away, a little note, and it was the name of a book, and I sent for it. And the book is called Please Don't Die, But If You Do, What Do I Do Next? Oh. And it's a practical and cost-saving guide for the estate executor written by two brothers who were in that – who were lawyers. One of them at least is a lawyer who were in that circumstance – and found that um, there was no such guide, and so they mm. wrote it. That's it's easily great. Is it, for, online. is it is it applicable in Connecticut? Because every state is different. You know, there are yes. radical differences I, in states. Yes. Well, it's written generally enough that I found it helpful, but I didn't realize that. The, so I do recommend it as a as a just as something. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it covers all the general territories, and it it addresses the fact, as I recall. Be careful. Check in your state. The different state law, uh, states uh, laws will vary from state to state. I didn't know there was a booklet available from the court. And the other thing I would advise, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. It would be a good idea for people to start informing themselves, and for all of us to inform ourselves ahead of time. You know, we used to say it would be great if in high school they taught people how to open a bank account and just the regular things you go through in life where maybe mm-hmm. no one taught you how to do it. Yep. Like this, I, if we had only been taught when we were young, here's the thing, when someone dies, that you know, part of a civics class or something. Anyway, uh, getting the booklet, very easy to do. And then you find out how non-scary the right. probate department is very exactly we're really not scary yeah. honestly it's a very accessible really uh, that's why i love that's why i ran for probate judge elizabeth because as a practitioner mm. in my area for 30 years i enjoyed practicing in local probate courts i enjoyed it you get very mm. close to a judge you have accessibility the staffs are very welcoming they're very knowledgeable they always go the extra you know they always go the extra mile to help you oh. it's a very good system and it's not a very good system in other states. It's a terrible system in New York where you can wait eight months to a year to get your fiduciary papers because there's such a backup because it's a county-wide system and the surrogates are for the county. So could you imagine having one probate judge for you know a million people? Mm. That's what they have in New York. Mm. So that's the problem. Well, you're reminding me one other thing I wanted to say, which is this conversation with Katie, and I told her, gave me so much faith in government workers. Because government workers get dumped on so much. And she was completely lovely. And her background is so interesting. It makes it, it, uh, it it tells me why she's so, such a warm, wonderful person. And I will, I said to her, well, you're inviting me to call you back with questions. I certainly will. The other thing I wanted to say about the inventory, and you were going to speak to why um, 
what what lawyers do right away where the courts know all all of a sudden mm-hmm. that you um, hired a lawyer. Yeah, that so, would be interesting. So let me, I'll tell you, but Elizabeth. Let, let me, me tell you while I'm rem- – all right, you want to do the okay, inventory sure. first? Go ahead. Go ahead. Do the inventory. Oh, I was just was going to say, it's just as casual as you – she said. And she also – but she said, and be aware that there is a probate court fee – and mm-hmm. the fee is based on the value of the estate. So she said, and I was thinking, well, I don't think it's really going to make a difference. But she said, just be careful. Don't don't um, estimate too high because I wanted to estimate high so that it would be honest. And, and but she she kept saying, you know what? If Goodwill, if you'd sell it for ten dollars at a yard sale, or don't worry about it. It was just wonderful. She was very helpful. And it, like you said, they're going the extra mile to help you and make it easy, which Mm -hmm. is lovely. So let me just tell you, the reason that probate courts know when someone has an attorney is because the attorney files what we call an appearance. It's a form and it tells the court that they are actually representing you and they file it with court. Mm. And it's called an appearance and then they sign up on our uh, e-filing system so that they get things by, if they're a lawyer, they have to do what we call e-filing. They're not allowed to do the kind of filing that individuals are. So if you don't have a lawyer, you can still go down to the probate court, hand in your paperwork in person, ask some questions, get a little extra attention from somebody, and then move on because you're not a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, you're expected to know what the rules are, and we have been trying to streamline and expedite things, so lawyers have Mm -hmm. to file via e-filing, via online. And so, but individual persons who are not lawyers do not have to. So that's what what it is. But the the court always knows because they have to file what we call an appearance, which is a piece of paper Mm. that says that they are, in fact, your lawyer. Interesting. It's all it's now. So it's also interesting to me now, whereas before it was just overwhelming and frightening. I'm so glad. Elizabeth. <laughs> and yeah. And the other thing about that booklet, some people might find interesting. Uh, I did. I mean, it gives you the probate fee rate. Mm-hmm. She did, told me over the phone, but it's all yep. printed out. Yeah. And full disclosure, and you can find all of this at ctprobate.gov also. It's all that we're a very transparent system, honestly, very user friendly and very transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Elizabeth. Okay. And thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Grant from Easton, who's been holding for quite a while. I don't think this is a Lisa on the law question. Grant, hello and welcome. Uh, Hi, Lisa. No, it's not. Uh, Going back uh, 25 years ago, we lived in Norwalk, where this interchange was, you know, proposed, and then it got sued and stopped. But um, it, it, it's going; it would be a virtual nightmare. Uh, you know, I mean, we lived in the Silver Mine area uh, mm-hmm. of Norwalk, and yeah. when they put in the other part of the interchange, the noise was ratcheted up huge, big time. If this thing goes through, the noise will be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. And and you wonder why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? You know, they have to find projects to do. Well, when there's money available, they (laughs) want to spend it. I mean, we have this problem in nice bucolic Easton. So yep. when a grant is available, mm-hmm. they jump on it. Yeah, and and these grants, you know, build stuff that we don't necessarily need. I mean, we had this 
huge controversy over putting a sidewalk on our main road there to go up to the Easton Village store so kids can come up there, walk up there from school and buy ice cream. Mm -hmm. So what happened was the sidewalk was fortunately defeated by the town, but the Easton Village store subsequently, in the meantime, closed at 3 o'clock so kids wouldn't have time to get up there in the first place from school. Oh, that's it's, a, it's crazy. When, wow. when they see a grant, it's like a lure, and, they, and the politicians bite for it. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, there's no question that that part of the merit is a clog. But the question is, no matter what they do, are they going to make it worse? Because there's a theory right. of traffic. You know, if you build it, more cars will come. They have shown this, that the more you extend your um, traffic lanes, it doesn't necessarily make traffic go faster. It just makes more cars somehow appear on the road. I'm not exactly sure why that is by magic, but I've seen study after study that shows that. So I don't know if, as I said, the cure is worse than the disease. That's the problem. I don't know. That's, that's Where uh, can we find these proposals? Uh, oh, you know, I'll uh, tell you. You can find them. Online. It was, it, I'll tell you. You can go to the hour, thehour.com. And it's a big, big, it was a big headline story. CT's plan to improve Route 7 and merit interchange sparks safety, connectivity concerns. By Catherine Lutke, L-U-T-G-E, staff writer. And you can okay. find that. I'll tell you what, Grant, if you send me a quick email at least at lisawexler.com, I'll send you the link. You open it up yourself. I will it's do that. Easy. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Thanks for calling today. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you so Bye. much. 203-333-9422. From 2 to 6, you know, every single day you get to hear Paul Paselli with Connecticut today. And after this, we go to Eric Erickson, which is a nationally syndicated program that emanates from Georgia. So he's got a lot of backstory information on what's going on with Fannie Wilson and the indictment over there. And he gives you a lot of backstory as to what's going on. Uh, 203-333-9422. Tomorrow on the show, we are going to have Liam Brennan who is challenging Justin Elliker in a New Haven primary as a mayoral candidate. Martha Zoller will be joining us. And Kathleen Marr is coming on. She's the director of the Barnum Museum, which recently got a historical landmark designation. And that is no easy feat. So I'm, I'm delighted that we're going to be able to chat with Kathleen Marr tomorrow, and we'll hear all about what that was like. Martha Zoller is in Georgia, and she's been getting a lot of national press for her inside information on what is going on there. And Liam Brennan, I'm, I'm happy to get to know because he's challenging Justin Elliker, who I think is, I think it's his third term that he's running in New Haven. The mayor, the mayoral candidacy, the mayoral uh, term is only two years. So we'll get to know him uh, tomorrow. 203-333-9422. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your input. If you want to write me offline, it's lisa at wicc600.com or through our website, lisawexler.com. And we'll be back behind the mic tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.